Hey guys, what's up? It's me, Danny Sanchez. Welcome back to Broadway Live, your home to Broadway news, pop culture, and more. It's not your normal podcast, it's Broadway Live. Welcome back to the Broadway Live podcast. I'm your host, Danny Sanchez here. This is episode 18 of the podcast, and I have a special guest for you. I was able to sit and chat with Teal Devonic, Broadway dresser and the founder of The Backstage Blonde. Some of her Broadway dresser credits include Wicked, Aladdin, The Prom, and The Donna Summer Musical. Teal and I had a great conversation about all things theater, how she got started in the business, what she's been up to during the pandemic, and so much more. Don't forget to subscribe to Broadway Live on your preferred streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and now Google Podcasts. Have any inputs, ideas, or want to stay connected with Broadway Live? You can. Follow our Instagram page at bway.live and our Facebook page, The Broadway Live Podcast. Sit back and relax. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, Teal. How are you doing today? So good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on here. Now, guys, we have a Broadway dresser here on The Broadway Live Podcast. and I'm super, super excited to have her here. So, Teal, tell me a bit about just to break the the fourth wall of what what is a dresser what does a broadway dresser do what is their day-to-day um duties and operation of you know going monday through friday or wherever your schedule is what what do dressers do in the most basic definition of dresser is kind of like a nascar pit crew we are waiting in the wings, ready to quick change the actors. And when they run back on stage, we're reorganizing, resetting costumes. Um, but dressers have such a wide range of responsibilities. It's really interesting. A lot of people just have absolutely no idea that our jobs even exist. But, you know, throughout the show, you know, we're checking and making sure that the costumes are still intact. If there are any repairs, we have to write that up at the end of the show. And yeah, just keeping everything organized and literally dressing people. But then on a Broadway wardrobe crew, there are a lot of other roles. There are several people who come in or, and are in charge of the laundry. And and then there's a wardrobe supervisor and an assistant supervisor, and they're the team captains of the whole crew. And then uh, like four hours before the show even be- begins, before I even like show up for work at my call time, I get there two hours before the half hour call. So before mm-hmm. that, there's a whole team of what is called a day worker. And their responsibility is to go through every single costume and steam, iron, do any repairs that need to be done, and just do all the prep work for the show that night. So when I walk into work, everything's ready to go, and then I can start my preset once we find out who's in the show that night. Oh, also, another interesting day work job is someone is there doing the shoe call. So they literally go through the entire theater, every dressing room, and check every single character shoe to make sure they're intact. They might polish them, do some painting, and any repairs that the shoes might need. So it really takes a village to make a Broadway show run. Wow. And that's awesome. And like to think that, you know, the younger with people that we go see a Broadway show, it's so seamless, so efficient. It's a well-oiled machine, especially Wicked, been opening for 15 plus years, you know, great running show and has a, it's really, literally amazing. Um, tell me, um, when you got in, how did you get into the world of dressing? You know, if you guys don't know, I fre- frequent my time on Broadway.com vlogs. And I've seen Teal um on them because duh I'm a huge fan um and you know get a, you get a little glimpse to see the behind the scenes of how dressers you know work and everything but the rich the original story how'd you get into the field of dressing and working on Broadway 
every dresser has such a different, unique story. And mine is just as funny. I kind of fell into it. My freshman year, I went to a large university and was a fashion design major. I wanted to be a stylist and a designer for fashion. And I, at the end of that year, I just wanted like a smaller classroom size, more like one-on-one time with my professor. So I transferred to a smaller private university, Sanford in Birmingham, Alabama. And the closest thing they had to fashion was costume design. So I became a theater major and I worked as a stitcher, which means I helped build the costumes and do alterations for the actors in the show. And then I worked as a dresser backstage on Richard the third. And I fell in love with theater. I just, it's just such a beautiful collaborative effort of all these different people with so many different skill sets coming together and creating absolute magic. And from that moment on, I was like, Oh, sign me up. This is my career. I found my calling. (laughs) I love that. And it's like, I think that when people, go to Broadway and they watch these shows and everything. They, a lot of dressers don't get the credit that they deserve. And I feel like that's a really important thing to do is to give honor to everyone. Of course, the actors that make the show happen every night, eight times a week, that's a brutal schedule, but also the demand of helping your actors and helping, you know, every part of a, every part of a show is important. Every piece, everything that brings the show together is super vital and important. So whenever I, people tell me like, oh, I got a small role in a show, I'm on costume crew, whatever it is, your part is so important to a bigger piece to make the show come alive. And that's where Broadway dressers come into play. Um, what happened some of any like dresser mishaps that you can like think of on the top of your head, like at any of the shows you've worked on that you can, you know, tell us? Oh, absolutely. Wait, one more thing about being a dresser, though, because yeah. I love what you just said. For me, I heard an, an older dresser say this to me years ago when I first started out on Broadway. And he's like, I'm a show facilitator. We are helping the actors to have their best performance that they can possibly have. So whether that means, you know, like nailing your quick change perfectly every night or just like being there with a tissue and a water bottle, if they're having a rough night or need like a little extra encouragement, like if we do our jobs, the absolute best of our abilities into like utter perfection, then the actors are able to give the audience the best performance ever. So I, I love that I'm a part of that. Okay. So as far as like backstage mishaps, um, it's funny because it's, you know, Broadway is literally the best of the best in the English speaking world. It's the highest level. So everyone is so good at their job and is trained to stay calm and handle disaster very well. And especially, you know, with a show like Wicked, it's a well-oiled machine backstage. It's absolutely organized. I can't even call it organized chaos because a lot is going on, but it's so choreographed what happens backstage that everyone is on your team and rooting for you. So, you know, when I was first starting out and I was a swing dresser, which means that if a full-time person called out, then I would go in and cover for them. Um, you know, everyone's encouraging me and they're like, oh no, 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 stand over here. Okay. Now move And So it's, uh, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's no room for error. It has to be perfect, but it's, it's pretty easy to get it right. Just cause you're set up for success. But one particular moment, this is this story I always share was backstage at radio city for the 
spectacular in 2015. I was dressing the Rockettes and that show, like with the show, like Wicked or, you know, a big ensemble show, if something happens, like usually they can just like sashay out and like blend right in. But the Rockettes are precision dancers. So if one person is out of line or not on stage, you will know. And one of my girls during like a 45 second quick change, the buckle on her shoe broke her Leduca character shoe. And I got my other two girls dressed. I got her in her costume. And then I grabbed a roll of like silver gaff tape and just taped it to her foot. And she made it on stage in time. It was my adrenaline was pumping. <laughs> wow. Quick thinking. I think dressers have to come in quick thinking, whatever the solution comes in. Cause you know, if anything happens, you know, the show must go on, which is super awesome. So you worked on Wicked and Aladdin, right? Like a lot of the Broadway shows, correct? Yeah, in Summer, the Donna Summer musical and The Prom. Oh my God, The Prom, yes, awesome, exciting. If you guys haven't seen The Prom on Netflix, go stream that, literally, ah, so good. Um, What has been... um, if you can look back, you know, since, you know, of course, Broadway is, it's got to be a year since Broadway has been shut down, unfortunately, due to this pandemic and everything, you know, what, what has been a thing that you've um, missed a lot in the environment of being, you know, working on a show or being a dresser and all that, because, you know, right now, a lot of the opportunities are very um, not present right now, but what are some of the things that, you know, you miss about being in the atmosphere, but also what have you done to, you know, cure that sense of, um, missing in your life you know what I mean well I think you know having coping mechanisms and working through emotions every day has definitely been like an ongoing challenge and a little bit of a struggle because it's not just I mean Broadway fans are very passionate and love Broadway so much but you know, sometimes when they post about missing it and I hope this doesn't offend anyone, it just doesn't, I don't know. It's sometimes it's hard to see because they don't understand that our entire community was taken away. Our industry evaporated, my career ended and our community left the city. So it was devastating from a professional and personal level because working on Broadway and being part of that theatrical community at that level is, is a big part of everyone's identity. A lot of people say you, you aren't defined by what you do, what you do isn't who you are, but it is for us. And that's okay. Um, Cause Broadway, it's so much deeper. And that's why the fans feel the way that they do is because what other fandom can you come to the stage door after a performance and meet your favorite star? It's, it's a very close knit, you know, theater um fan community and i grew up in these theaters i started working on broadway when i was 24 years old and i've been in manhattan for six and a half years now almost seven and it hell's kitchen nothing feels the same it'll always be new york city and broadway will be back one day but so many people who worked on broadway left the city and i yeah one of the hardest parts for me was back pre-COVID, I could walk down Ninth Avenue through Hell's Kitchen and, you know, every single block, I'd see another person I know and have, you know, a chat or a hug or like wave at someone through like a coffee shop window. It was truly like a little community village right there. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely missed that the most. It felt like being on a college campus or like, you know, I'd, I'd go to an acupuncture appointment and then duck into the Imperial Theater to say hi to my best friend while she was at her day work call. 
Um, it's just, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty lonely. Um, and it's made me all the more grateful for the life that I used to have. And hopefully one day we'll have again. Definitely. We always have to keep strong and keep positivity and all the vibes going. You know, we've all been through a lot and, you know, seeing, you know, I following being a huge supporter of Broadway and all of that and all the listeners there, you know, we sympathize and we um, understand and it's so hard that a part of our um, passion is, you know, gone and it's, it is hard. So I think that that's really good to touch on is the reality of things um, when it comes to our pandemic. But um, what, what have you been up to? You know, things you've been doing. I know you have your um, blog you've been doing, um, your backstage blonde um, blog and everything. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, the backstage blonde definitely keeps me busy. Thankfully, it's been a really fun outlet, uh, you know, the past several years and especially during the pandemic. I started a Patreon. So now um, subscribers can pay to be on my close friend story. And that's been really cool. I create like extra content for them and just dive a little deeper into my personal life and tell them, you know, extra theater history stories. But something I've become really especially passionate about since COVID is not just theater history, but New York City history. I've always been obsessed with the architecture of the different theaters in the theater district. And that has just overflowed to like every part of the city. Uh, so like this summer, for instance, I was doing a lot of research about Union Square Park just because I didn't know much. And back, you know, in the early days of Manhattan, that was the original theater district. That's where like the Broadway began. And slowly as the city expanded, it moved further and further up the island. And now we have, you know, Times Square in the theater district that we have today, but it started at Union Square. So because of this passion, I'm working on um, starting my own little walking tour company. So when tourism begins again and Broadway fans come back to the city, I'll be able to give guided tours through the theater district and point out like amazing landmarks that most people wouldn't notice, you know, as they're running to their matinee at Hamilton. And yeah, I'm really excited. I think it'll be uh, a cool ex Broadway experience that the fans have never had before. I love that. That's so cool. And, and I think that that's so unique to see. And like, you know, a lot of people in the industry, you know, of course they have their regular, you know, you, just dress your, you as a dresser, but also you have other passions and things you want to get into to expand yourself and to be more part of the community. And that's also so cool. Like, you know, like I always tell, you know, a lot of my followers on TikTok and my, um, all of that in the podcast, you know, you know, don't ever limit yourself to any of the possibilities in the industry. You know, there's so many outlets that you can go into and research and get involved and study. And especially right now, during the time of the pandemic, you know, I've been, you know, learning more about digital marketing, you know, doing all that stuff on my yes. own, learning about branding and stuff like that and interviewing and all that stuff like that. But like, you know, it's a good time to learn new things. And it's so cool that you're doing that. I'm super excited to see how that goes out. And do you have any, any like any social media for that? Uh, is that like a recent thing or is it coming out soon? I haven't, none of it is official yet. I'm working towards it. Yeah, the Backstage Blonde is an LLC and a registered trademark, but uh, I have to get officially licensed with the state of New York. So right now I'm still studying for my tour guide test so I can be, <sighs> official. Yeah. Which wow. is really exciting. Yeah. Another thing that's kept me busy during the pandemic was I moved to London 
uh, for the month of October. Yeah, I bought a one-way ticket. I was going to stay for who knows how long, but then the, they shut down the country. They went into their second lockdown and I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to come back. So I evacuated before the shutdown began, but that was extremely fun and exciting because, um, six is so popular right now. Mm -hmm. So I was able to, you know, explore all the different palaces and castles and talk a lot about the wives. That's so cool. Did you, did you see any show? Like, were, were there any shows open before the second shutdown or like? Only one West End show had reopened and I got to be there for the night that, you know, it happened. It was a one man play called This Is Going to Hurt by a comedic writer named Adam Kay. It was really funny. Just a one man show at the Apollo Theater. It just, I sat in the very front row and honestly, I cried most of the performance just being back in a space like that and like feeling the audience's energy behind me and like it there's just nothing like live theater it's the most magical experience literally I think that I did a poll I did like something to my followers I was like what was what's the one show you would want to see when Broadway opens back up and me personally I want to be front row when Wicked opens back up I think that that's the one show that you know be, that's like history and it's making being the seeing that first show opening back yeah. up thing it's good to see me isn't it and seeing the first to find grab all those things like you know that's so magical and like it's, it's such a human experience and you know we've gotten that with Hamilton Disney plus and all the things that we've gone through virtually which is amazing to have these amazing um uh shows that we have available but nothing compares to a live performance nothing does and the last show that i was able to see in europe was mean girls when i was on my little business trip back last year but it was still like you know that same energy you like you, you miss it like it's literally like what you need it's a, it's a community-based thing and we all you know love that and amazing um let's heal um let me think anyone else want to ask you um with um, ask some rapid questions just to, you know, give some little fun icebreaking moments and whatnot. But, um, what has been a, f- a favorite memory of like working as a dresser, you know, like whether a specific show or and, like Wicked, whatever it is, what's one sh- thing that you always remember to this day that was like, you know, that's my job. I love it so much. Like I can never change anything else. I love being a dresser. Like what was the one moment where like, you know, you're like, I'm living the dream. There's so many. I'll, I'll start with the wicked one and then I'll give you an Aladdin moment. The first time I dressed Alphaba was, I mean, terrifying because I mean, yeah. she's one of the most important characters of all time. Uh, and I nailed it. It went really well. But at the end of act one during Defying Gravity, her the alphabet dresser waits in the wings on stage right, you know, for the curtain to drop so you can greet her with the water bottle and take her back to her dressing room to change. And so standing there and watching her flying, you know, above the stage, just singing this legendary song. It was, it was definitely one of those like pinch me moments of this, this is my life. That's so cool. It's yeah. It sounds even crazy talking about it. So cool. um, Yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal. And then Working at the musical Aladdin was honestly, it was the best time of my entire life. I got there. The show was 
almost one year old. So pretty much the entire original Broadway cast was still there. It just had very young show energy and that cast was truly a family. The original Broadway cast of Aladdin was a family and they welcomed me in like their crazy blonde little sister. And, you know, there were just so many times after the show, we'd end up hanging out in all the different dressing rooms in the new Amsterdam theater and staying for hours and talking and laughing. And, uh, that's where I made like my very best friend there. And it, yeah, the relationships I made at that show um, changed my life for sure. Uh, and to round out that little story time, this was after I had left Aladdin to go be full-time at Wicked. And for some, our Wicked changes their schedule twice a year. So we didn't have an evening show that night. So I went to go visit like my Aladdin friends. So I was hanging out backstage for part of act one. And then there's in the new Amsterdam theater, there's this thing called the Mary bridge. They call it that. Cause that's how they did like one of the like magic tricks with Mary Poppins. It's this big bridge that's like at the very, very top of the theater that Mary Poppins would like fly into and they would time it. So the door at the end of the Mary bridge was open. The elevator door was open. So she could run back out to the stage for the curtain call. It was such a cool trick. So I was on the Mary bridge laying on my belly, just, uh, you know, like a little kid at a slumber party, like peeking out over the side and watching, uh, one of the final numbers in Aladdin and just, you know, really so like, suspended over the audience watching my friends living their dreams and then I feel like two men step over me and I look up and it was James Monroe Iglehart and he was there visiting too and he looked down at me and was like what are you doing and you know so getting to hug the original genie while watching Aladdin from the sky it was you know it's just there's just so many magical moments that happen like that you just have to pinch yourself be like this is my life and I'm just so grateful Oh, I'm going to start crying. I miss it. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I don't want you to cry, but it's and the whole point of like, you know, I want to show different sides of Broadway, you know, you know, of course, being an actor is a great dream, but also there's so many other parts to make theater a great experience and being a dresser is also a part of it as well, making sure that the show runs smoothly and of course, creating a great family as you guys see, like, you know, what's, I think to wrap up a question and maybe we, we can get into this, you know, have you, what's been like a starstruck moment you've had, you know, in any of like the shows you've worked on, like any actor you're like, oh, like period, like no way, like any, like, I feel, I feel like you've been, when you're on Broadway, you learn a okay, sense of professionalism. You have that sense of, you know, groundedness, but like, you know, what was a moment where you were like, I can't believe I'm working with this person. It's literally crazy. That's kind, that's kind of a hard question. I... I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm kind of a fraud. I'm not, I love Broadway, but I'm not a mega fan in the way that I grew up knowing Broadway <laughs> stars names. I became friends with a really nice actor named Laura. And then later found out that Laura Osnes actually is a famous person on Broadway and has a big <laughs> career. It's same thing with Kara Lindsay. You know, she's just my friend, Kara. She was my first Glinda. And then like we were, oh, were walking down the street together and she got stopped and these little girls were fangirling over her. And I was like, what was that about? And she's like, well, there, you know, there's this musical newsies. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> so it's lots of moments like that. And also when you're like in your, in your home and also in your workplace, there's just, you know, 
you're there to work. Definitely. So it, it, you don't even have to like put a professional face on because you're very much in the zone anyway. I think the one time I've really like kind of, I didn't go crazy. I was just very excited. Uh, Courtney Kardashian <laughs> came backstage. They brought her backstage with like some of the kids after the show. Wow. I didn't get to meet her, but I saw her from afar. That was very exciting. Yeah. That's um, so cool. That was that was a great day yeah but it's funny because like on broadway not a lot of like people are like broadway diehard fans especially with tech crew like the stagehands were all kind of like born into this life um so yeah no you don't see much fangirling <laughs> wow it's like weird because like especially like with like gen z you know with theater goers and whatnot like we're like we know people, right? Second, like Jessica Vosk, we know right. her. We know, like, we, like, mm-hmm. it's literally, like, a snap of the finger, and, like, it's just pinching me. And, like, I always have to remember, like, you know, when I went to go see Beetlejuice, and, like, during my trip, I was, like, they're human beings. You know, it's, it's they're all, all human beings. They're doing a job. Of course, it's, like, yes. Oh. But it's also, like, it's, it is a bit of a difference, you know, when you don't live in New York, and you have, like, a sense of, wow, the person on my phone on my TV is now in person in real life. It's, like, a whole big Yes. Life shaking you know moment in my head like it's wild that was me meeting carrie butler i was like i could not yeah. i could not like comprehend that that like those moments like that is so yeah. kind of magical cool. wait i'll tell you when i do fangirl when i'm watching a tv show or a movie and i see someone i know like personally Ooh, fun. yeah so often like there's this show on i think it's, it was on hbo max with lucy hale called katie keen about it's like a riverdale yeah like, yeah I heard about spin-off. That. and yeah they filmed it in the city so a ton of broadway people are in it and i'm like oh my god you know but it's funny because like I met Robert De Niro backstage at Radio City and I did not have that reaction to him but like I can see like an ensemble member dancing in the background of a <laughs> and I'm like ah! yeah that's Wait, so cool. This is cool um because people love to hate on Amazon um Jeff Bezos is I think he's one of the nicest celebrities I've ever met he might be the nicest celebrity I've ever met he came backstage to meet Jessica Vosk and uh, the woman playing Glinda, Jenna Claire Mason with his kids. Oh, and that. he looked me like, I'm the help back there. I'm, I'm there to be invisible. And like, and he looked me right in the eye and went, hi, I'm Jeff. What's your name? <laughs> Just like, hi, I'm Teal. You know, don't you love to hear that though? That like, yeah. a millionaire. That was like so really cool. nice to the little dresser. Yeah. <laughs> well, we love that just love respect to Jeff Bezos that's so awesome to hear <laughs> right um, I feel like I'm rambling I just have so much to tell you <laughs> yeah no I literally love it people are gonna love this episode I'm super excited that you came here and to talk about your neck of the woods and everything um like I've I have so much to talk about but I think that just I could talk to you for hours but maybe to wrap it up or to give you know, my sense of you know hopeful light and hopefulness and everything what can you say to the theater goers listening and then aspiring artists aspiring dressers even you know what's a word of wisdom that you can give to the young people of theater about you know being in this industry and all that you know what can you give to us i think that no one's lives and no one's futures are going to look like what we thought they were pre-pandemic there was never, you know, if you want to be on Broadway in any facet, or if you just want a career in the arts, 
there's, there was never like a guidebook on how to do that seamlessly Mm -hmm. point A to point B. And now it's going to be more challenging, but I think that a cool thing to come out of that is the people who like hustle extra hard and find new innovative, creative ways to be seen or to create their art. I really admire, you know, the aspiring actors and anyone on TikTok who has used that platform. So I really admire you for having your own podcast because at the end of the day, anyone can have an idea. Ideas are nice, but they're kind of worthless unless you can put them into action. It takes a really special person to actually take action and go after their dreams in that way. And then I'm such a big sister as far as like, I get a lot of DMs and sometimes I don't know like in the pandemic, I don't really know how to respond because the best of the best, I'm not even talking about the actors, but like the IOTSE, like theatrical crew, all of us, everyone's out of a job right now. Like the film and television people are working, but so the road to working on Broadway has definitely gotten harder. And I don't know, it's, I never want to discourage anyone from chasing their dreams I think that people just need to stay strong and keep pushing forward and just create the life that they want and then ultimately ultimately at the end of the day if you want to live in New York City just come and live here a job will come you'll figure it out because this is my this is my home this is my heart this is my favorite place in the entire world so even though Broadway is gone right now. I just couldn't leave. I'm so happy in New York every single day. And I think that that's at the end of the day, like when you're thinking about your career, that's, that's what you need to get to. And if it takes a survival job so that you can like do theater as your, you know, fun hobby that like feeds your soul at the end of the day, then you just got to do what you got to do. But, um, I don't know, just keep pushing, keep believing in yourself and know that you really aren't alone. Everyone is going through something really hard right now in all sorts of different ways. And um, I just can't wait to start hugging people at the stage door again. Thank you so much. That was such a great word. Bringing a sense of realism, but also a sense of hopefulness and light is so good to have. You know, we all are hoping the best, you know, for a future of theater and everything. I know, you know, we're bringing great opportunities and like virtual, you know, the great Ratatouille musical raised over one, two million dollars for the Actors Fund. A lot of great things have been happening within the industry to bring flourishing and representation and inclusivity and all that. But, you know, keeping staying positive and all that is all we need and probably will come back. We don't know yet or know when, but it will come back. And once it comes back, you know, we will all, I feel like it'll be a great sobbing moment. Grab a good sobbing session to start off the greatness of Broadway, but just super important. But Teal, again, thank you so much for coming on the Broadway Life podcast to talk about your world of being a dresser. I really do appreciate all of your knowledge and wisdom and just all of the funness you brought. You know, where can we find you on social media? People can follow you. People can, you know, um, stay in tune to your new um, endeavors. Yeah, you can check me out on Instagram or TikTok. My handles are the Backstage Blonde with an E. And my website is thebackstageblonde.co. And that's where all my merch is. I have new stuff dropping soon. And I also have a merch collection with Today Ticks that's really cute that you can check out on their website. 
exciting. Get that checked out, guys. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Broadway Live on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. Every episode, every Wednesday. Again, thank you so much, Steel, for coming on the Broadway Live podcast. To the Broadway Live listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.